Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Happy motherfucking Friday, everybody. <laughs> I forgot how much I missed that. Happy Friday to you, Kat. <laughs> uh, it is Friday, so Dave Blazar joins us. Dave, how are you? I'm well. It's uh, It's been a while, it feels like. You're right, yeah. both of you. Yes. I haven't heard a, a good Friday greeting like that in a while. You missed mm-hmm. one, and it feels like you've missed a ton. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things in this episode, including some of your deepest secrets. So that's on the way. I also want to talk about uh, moving the goalpost, and we're going to get to that in a sec. But before we do, this has to be some sort of a record. Dave is moving again next week, everybody. How many times is that now? Uh, 29. This is my 29th move. Wow. Yeah. That hurts. It, yeah. That hurts to hear. It starts today. That's so, what do you mean you've moved 29 times? I've moved uh, five, I think, total. Yeah, I moved a lot as a kid, like a ton. Like, we moved a lot. So that's, that's where, where a good chunk of it comes from. But the longest I've ever lived in one house was five years, and I did it twice. W- were your family criminals, or, like, how does that work out? Uh, when you're wanted, you've got to stay yeah, you on gotta, trail. You've got to flee constantly. I get Off it. Off the record, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, are you on, like, a first-name basis with the people at the moving company, or oh, how does this work? You know what's the worst is when you have to fill out an application for something, and they're like, they want your, like, four previous addresses. Mm. And I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. my God, which one? Was, wait, wait, was it this one? Was it that one? Because you look at it, and you go, well, I've only been here for a year and a half. And, and most of these moves were for reasons out of my control. Uh, like, the one I'm doing now, I'm re- so I was renting a house, and my landlord sold it. So what am oh, I going to do? Like I got, yeah. I have to move. <laughs> I have no choice, right? So that's that's the reason I'm moving now. And I've only lived in this house for a year and three months, so it's not a long time. I, not much of my stuff has been unpacked. Like I still have all the boxes are in storage, uh, like crawl spaces, things like that. So I'm I'm going to go in, just pull them out. And pop them on the truck. That's it. Do you get a discount? I mean, that's a great point. Do you get a discount of some kind? Like, no. you don't call me. Hey, Larry, Dave Blizzard again. No, no. Buy not- nine, get one free. <laughs> yeah, it's not a subway card. I don't get a free sub at the end of this. Yeah, I don't get a free move. Um, although, I will say last year's move, and it's a shame that I have to call it last year's move, um, but it was the worst move I ever had. Moved in a snowstorm, uh, like an actual snowstorm from Barry to Kitchener. <gasps> Brutal. And uh, my wife broke two ribs while moving. Our movers, who we hired to help us unload the truck on this end, just didn't show up. Oh, that's good. Chased them down, called, like, what's going on? Where are these movers? And and it was every stupid excuse under the sun. And eventually the guy just stopped answering my calls. Wow. Yeah. So we were pretty livid. Um, Ended up having to find, this is a great one. So as my wife is sitting at the hospital waiting to get x-rays, she um, looks up uh, just a couple things on Facebook, finds some uh, students that that were going to Conestoga, who were helping people move on the side just for some extra cash. So she's like, what are you doing today? And, <laughs> and the kid responded right away and just said, uh, yeah, we can be there in about half an hour. Two guys oh, showed up lucky. and helped us with the rest of it. That's but great. Uh, while she's at the hospital, I unloaded a truck as much as I could alone. And Scott's seen me, and I'm not saying this to brag, but Scott's seen me lift some pretty large things. You're a fairly um, a muscular, endowed individual. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone that far, but all right, I'll take it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sitting there lifting like love seats by myself and like trying to get them in the house because I was, shit. I'm running on adrenaline at that point too, where I'm so mad, right? The, you know, the the movers aren't there. 
my I'm worried about my wife. She's she's like barely able to stand up straight. And I still didn't know what the problem was, but she she had slipped on ice while carrying I think it was one of her summer tires and fell back and it just landed directly on her chest oh, and broke two ribs. Shit. So it it was uh not a fun situation. Uh, no. So I'm really, really hopeful that the move <laughs> this time around goes a lot smoother because I definitely need a good one. It's been, it's been a it's been a rough ride. So well, we're pulling for you. Here's hoping this is the last one for a while, and here's hoping this goes smoothly. We'll put. He just said we're pulling for you. You're coming to help with the move, then, eh? Oh, no, Scott's no, helping no. with the move. Scott Scott's going to cheer me on from the side. <laughs> you know what will happen is I'll get a call. I'll get a call like. I don't know, an hour before I'm done. And it'll be, uh, how's the movement going? I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, you've got everything in and putting it in places now. And, and, and then it'll follow up from Scott with a, do you need any help with anything? I'm like, no, we're done. We're done at this point. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm starting to think now that Scott purposely went to the border just to get oh, turned absolutely. around and put in isolation. Yes. Just for this reason, just because yeah. Dave was moving. That's right. He knew. Yeah. I, and I, you know what it is? At this point, I don't even call my friends anymore for help. Yeah. yeah. It's I've asked too many times. Too many times. You're. Oh, I bet you. You have to move so many people. So many people's houses around. Eventually. Oh, I'm. I'm worse than Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely on the sideline for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I can pack a truck like like it's a game of Tetris, though. Yeah. Like, That's good. Yeah. I bet. It's a I skill I've come along with over the years. But uh, yes, yeah, I'm hoping this will be the last for a while. Um, I'm very tired of moving. Yeah, don't blame you. Yeah. Let's talk about secrets. The average person is keeping two secrets from a loved one. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. The person you are most likely to keep a secret from is your mother. Hmm. <laughs> your mom. Isn't mom the person you can tell anything to? Isn't mom the one who will not judge, who will just hear you out and support you unconditionally? Will not judge. Did you I hear what you just said? I, no. No. <laughs> no. Will not judge. I think people are worried about the judgment of, of their mother most, and that, that might be why they're on top, is that they are worried about that. I think you're bang on. I think that's exactly why. Yeah. Interesting. One in six won't tell their deepest secret to a close friend. So let's get to what the things are that we are keeping secret from our moms and from our besties. Things that are internal only, nobody else knows. Number one is our mental health issues. Not telling anybody. And doesn't that just further add to the mental health issues when you don't tell somebody? That's one of the biggest problems they say, too, is that people are, and maybe it's because they're afraid they will get judged or they're afraid for other reasons of saying something or to look weak or maybe their friends are having the time of their lives and they've got the job of their dreams and they're ha- they got a house and, and a whatever, the perfect package, whatever you want to look at it as, and you feel less than because of it, so you won't tell them. Let me throw this as a, a deeper add-on to that. So there's sometimes where you know your parent is vulnerable about certain topics and your parent can feel guilty if you have, you know, mental health issues or stresses or something that has been diagnosed, mm-hmm. a parent can often feel guilt because of it and say, like, what did I, didn't, I, do? I didn't do this right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. why are you why are you like this is essentially mm-hmm. the thought without it being something that's said out loud. So there's some people who will not tell their moms or, or dads for that matter, but they won't tell their moms because they're worried more about the reaction that the mom's going to feel about themselves mm. more so than the judgment, which is it's a deeper and it's certainly deep rooted there. But yeah. I think that that's probably something that people don't even realize they're doing when they do it. 
I, I think for me, it's that I don't want to burden anybody. Yes. I don't want to come yeah, to you good. and say, or, or, or cat and say, yeah, you know what? I'm really struggling on the inside. I just don't feel right or whatever. I mean, it, mental health issues are things that people are often, unfortunately, embarrassed about. Now, I do think there's a lot more opportunity lately to talk about them, but you have to ask yourself, why are you keeping that a secret? Talk to somebody about it, and that can be very therapeutic. Well, we can normalize it with peers. We can normalize it with professionals or even just in our case, like with a platform, we can, we can normalize it. But it's an intimate thing when it comes to a parent. And just, you know, some parents raise differently. Just the thought of it just doesn't compute to them. They don't understand it completely. Mm -hmm. And maybe they do on a different level. And it's very hard to relate to your child going through something like that. So it's, I think it's a lot deeper there and Mm -hmm. not certainly not something easy that to talk about ever. But if you have the, the courage to do it, then you absolutely can and should. And maybe the opposite of mental health issues. The second most common secret that we're keeping is the most embarrassing incident that we've experienced. It's true. I'm not picking up the phone and being like, fuck, Dave, I shit myself yesterday. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. If he does, I, you'll I, tell me, right, Dave? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> See, and that's why, because you're a goddamn big mouth. <laughs> I also think most of your embarrassing moments I was there for. So I, You were. I, so you I were know. cheering me on, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> Talk them into some bad decisions. <laughs> Is there an embarrassing incident in your lives that you are keeping from everyone that nobody else knows about? You don't have to say what it is. I'm just wondering. I'm, I don't I'm even think it's necessarily embarrassing. It would probably fall in other categories, but not really embarrassing. Could be a shit yourself incident. That's probably the most demeaning thing, right? I mean, yeah, that's that the would... most embarrassing situation you could end up in, yeah. I would think, right? One of them, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's pretty bad, but I, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what he, everybody shits. Like, I don't know what he, how do you respond to that. <laughs> Not you know, your underwear. It, hey, it's okay. Oh, you know, no. don't feel bad. Everybody shits. Like, I don't know what you I would say. I don't have a lot of shame either. Like, I've admitted to some of the embarrassing shit I did. Like, like I don't know, wearing, uh, you know, accidentally wearing like a see-through skirt to work. That was a fucking dumb move. That was mm. on myself, and I thought it was funny. So I don't mind sharing stuff like that, and it's considered embarrassing. You know, things like that, right? That could be right up there. Absolutely. An inadvertent flash. That was a weird day. Uh, there's a lot of different things. Inadvertent that could. flash. <laughs> yes, that can happen. Or walking into the wrong bathroom, for example. I have no problem telling people that, though. But maybe that's my personality. I won't keep that from someone. I accidentally walked into a men's bathroom once. Notice when I saw someone pissing at a urinal. At a urinal. Yep. Like, Whoops. Well, fuck me. Right. Sorry about that. It's even Something weirder when you walk right here. It's <laughs> even weirder when you walk in and find someone sitting in the urinal. That was even weirder. Is happening in yes. here? Yes. <laughs> Nobody tells you how they work. I mean, maybe it was yeah. the first time somebody had seen a urinal. Well, and, and as just a quick aside here, a shout out to all establishments that put ice in the urinals too. That's classy. a classy move. That's yeah. a classy That's- move. I didn't get that far into the bathroom to see, thankfully, but I was like, fuck, sorry. You know where I did it, too? You know where I did it? At the Royal York. Like the fanciest place at the piano bar place. You know, that nice bar, nice place. I was loaded, obviously. Walked right into the guy's bathroom. Right into it. See, and it's weird because if a girl walks into the guy's bathroom, half the guys don't even care. They're like, yeah, fucking right. We got some chicks here, finally. And and the other half are just morbidly embarrassed, like cover their dick and the whole nine yards. 
It's the exact opposite, though, in a woman's washroom where no one is going to be okay with it if a guy walks <laughs> no. in. Guy walks Nobody. in, you're going to get a, like a curling iron in the eye or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you think we always have you curling just, irons plugged in? You have a utility belt on with your hair straightener, <laughs> with some curlers. What is this? Oh, what yeah. bathroom are you talking about? Bobby pins, all kinds of stuff. No, we're Don't not play. that fancy. We can get a bar- barely get a hair, an air dryer that works, by the way. It's the not other- like that. <laughs> the other secrets that we keep from our best friends and even our moms are internet habits. That could be a lot of different things, right? That could be a secret shopping addiction, or it could be like a, you're just cruising for a lot of fucked up kind of porn. Yeah. I don't know who's going out of their way to ask. Like, I've never been like, hey, Dave, what did you uh, search for? Uh, what's your web browser history <laughs> yeah. like uh, yesterday? What'd you look at? I've never had to explain my web browser. Who's no. asking? I like to keep it clean so I don't have to explain my <laughs> web browser. Your snacking habits? Oh, yeah. I could see that simply because it's a, you, you don't want to hear about it. It's such a judgy thing, right? Totally, totally is. Your hygiene habits? Maybe you're the kind of person who, when you get out of the shower, dries your dick before your face. Your friends will chastise you for that, and I can tell you firsthand that they do. I also Cat. do not do it on I have display. done that. I have chastised them for that. Really? Yeah. Of course I have. Who, who who dries off their penis before, and then uses that towel to put it on their face? Well, it's not like I'm rubbing somebody else's penis on my face. And it's, it's clean mine. as well. When and you think it's about very clean. Coming out of the shower. Okay. Thoroughly right. wash it. I'm defending it even though I, I don't do it. Like, <laughs> okay. All right. You don't do it. No. Huh? I start top down. Like, yeah. Okay. See? You're, yeah, that's, yeah. The hair, the face, and then, it, and then dry downwards. Right. How many partners you've had? Is one you don't talk to mom about. You do not, in many cases, talk to your besties about it either. I don't know whose mom is asking. Whose mom is asking? Are some people's moms asking? Have What's you, your body count, son? Tell me. <laughs> have you asked your mom? Ooh, oh, no. flip no. the script. Yeah. We all yeah. assume we know the answer, right? The, whoever, one, your, whoever, your birth father, you, whoever your birth father is, you hope that's the only answer. Yeah. That's it. Probably one, but maybe not even that many. I'm not sure. Uh, like, would you be <laughs> blown away if your mom had some, I'm not even saying this is a big number, but if your mom was like, oh, yeah, 26. And you were like, <laughs> what? What? Like, yeah. And she's not ashamed to say it. She's just like, yep, 26. All those like, your mama jokes in high school were true about you, mom? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, a That was a really long meeting you went to. <laughs> but think about that. Like, could you imagine having that conversation? That's a rough one to have with your mom. And I mean, I don't know why you would even be in that situation with your mom. If mom was honest, would you be honest about yours? No, no, no. I'm not having that sex conversation with my mom. Probably not even my dad. I don't know why that would come up. Okay, what if you were like having some drinks? Everyone's just real laid back. You know, everyone's not going to take anything in a weird way. You feel like you're in a safe, comfortable environment. You still wouldn't share that information? Lie every fucking time. Wow. I think you can compartmentalize your conversations. Like, you know which person, when you're talking to them, belongs in which category. Sometimes you don't, and that's where you share too much. But for example, I run into. Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. I'm not going to be like, hey, what's your body count? You know, like, like, you know, I know not to have that conversation with him. Yet if he were to offer that, that information, then I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm in that circle now. But like you have to know, you have to know enough and feel comfortable enough to have that specific conversation with the person you're talking to. I like, I, I know in mine, she doesn't want to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't yeah. care to know either, really. I, I don't know. It doesn't... I, I don't know how it helps me. Yeah. 
I don't. I don't think it benefits me. I know, but I. I, I don't. Did Jean Chrétien say? Yeah. How would he say? <laughs> Neuf. Hey Dave, uh, I'm up to uh, uh, 45. How about you? Huh? <laughs> uh, other secrets we're keeping about affairs and one night stands. Yeah, that, that yeah. I sense. think it depends how close you are to the person, though, right? You might not tell a, a parent, for example, about a one-night stand, but is there really anything wrong with telling a bestie about it? So you're telling me that not everybody has the same relationship as, like, Rayvon and Shaggy in It Wasn't Me? Because, <laughs> like, the whole thing in that song, I caught the phone rings, and he's like, oh, what do you want, man? And, and then Rayvon's like, oh, I, I, my girlfriend caught me cheating. You let her catch you, and he's just so like he's so casual about it. He's like, just tell her you didn't do it. You know, fucking scot free. Because that was the friend he wanted to talk to about it. And going back to what you said, and it's true. I used my group of girlfriends as an example. You say certain things to certain friends, and even if they're on an equal level of friendship, okay, they're all considered your best friends. Unless you use friends as an example, you could use this for family members too. They might all be in the same level, and you love them all the same. But there's certain people I go to for certain things and certain yeah. people I go to for other things. And uh, I try not to crisscross all of them together. If you are building a group of friends and you notice that there is an area that isn't covered, like, do you now look for that trait in a, in a new friend, perhaps? And you're like, you know, I could really get someone who could slut it up. Like, I, gotta, like, I, have, <laughs> I have slutty topics to talk about, but no one to talk to them about. But I have my friends I'll go to for that. Everyone should have a slut topic friend. Everybody should. But I'm saying if you don't, do you now... You recruit? Do you recruit? Do you look to, to get somebody yeah. in the gang? Yeah. That's you, a, you've got to start grooming the next generation. Someone's got to take your secrets yeah. to the yes. next level. It takes a minute, though. Trust takes a while. So you've got to groom that for years. Years before you get to that level. So you can this go is, years without any slut talk. Yeah, like, that's a shame. <laughs> that's we just I, call random people <laughs> anonymously. Like, can I talk to you about the shit I did last night? Well, but that's where you end up talking to the wrong people. And that's maybe there's that falsified yeah. um, belief that your relationship is stronger than it is with yeah. whatever person you're talking to. I.e., you think you have a comfort level with mom. And it accidentally comes out and, and, and mom quickly becomes mom. And you go, oh, I totally Whoops. did not mean to say that. Right. You know, and mom, so I, keep mom in the mom category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there's certain things you've got to keep everyone separate for. Okay, yeah. How much alcohol you consume, how many drugs you use, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. celebrity crush, what? the fact this that you're le- on a diet, That's all so things weird. that we keep secrets Hold about. on, hold on. We both. <laughs> Kat and I both cringed at the same time when you said celebrity crush. Yeah. What? Maybe you don't want anybody else to know that you've secretly got a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I have no problem letting people know I used to have a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But yeah, I mean, there are certain maybe more embarrassing ones. Like, what if you just had the hots for... I don't know. I'll use uh, Billy Eilish. Stephen Harper. Stephen Harper. John Critchin. Let's yeah. go back uh-huh. to John Critchin. You know what if you what if I what if I kind of had had the hots for him? Would I say that out loud? Fuck no, I wouldn't. But what if you did and your mom was like, "Me too." Could you imagine <laughs> you shared the crush? That's gross. Like you and mom both are into Tom Selleck for, oh, for different yeah. reasons. You know, like something oh. you remember him from Friends. She remembers him as Magnum PI. Yeah. And it's a it's a different game. Baywatch. David Hasselhoff is he is he Knight Rider or is he what was his name on the show? Mitch Buchanan Mitch or something? Mitch Buchanan. Yeah. yeah. Was he the lifeguard or was he the guy who drove the talking car? Like you, those, it could be one of those situations where you both, you both have the same crush. Even for friends, I'm just trying to think in that scenario. Of my friends, if I, I want to test it actually. I want to like test it out next time we're together and just be like, yeah, I've really been thinking about uh, whatever someone really ra- who's someone random. 
I've been thinking about them a lot. Bill Gates. Bill, yeah, like I just really would like to. I'd like to go a little more. I like Steve Wozniak. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just eat that alive. Yeah. Nom, like nom, 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 nom. Off and, nom, 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 nom. and see what happens because they probably would get a little judgy, right? It gets weird though if they say, yeah, I can see that. I think he's hot too. <laughs> yeah, do you want it's Do you want to share that? Or is that a, no, 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 that's mine. Oh, that's my man. Lift up that belly and try and find the pecker. Yeah, that seems hot, doesn't it? Just have a time. <laughs> um, oh, and this one too. 13% say that if they won a substantial lottery jackpot, they wouldn't tell anybody. Hmm. Can you imagine that? Winning the Lotto Max and totally keeping it a secret. Not I've... telling anyone as you it, won. As it stands right now here... You have to publish your name, right? Isn't that kind of a part of the deal of getting it? Is that you have to have your name published? If I'm not mistaken, hmm. I thought it, I think it is, but in some places maybe it's not. I think with extenuating circumstances, you may not have to. Depends. Like if you if you're in witness protection program or something like that, you probably wouldn't want your name out there. Yeah. Um, I, but you're right. I I, I, I won the lottery, but I also have warrants out. You, okay, this is a real pickle. I'm in. Yeah, this is going to pay for those, and then I'm going to move on. Um. Yeah, I think people would know by my not coming back to work. Um, <laughs> you know, I think they'd eventually catch on. But, yeah, I don't know that I would make it my Facebook status. <laughs> you know? See? And there's some people who would go to the top of the tallest mountain and scream as loud as they could. I'm fucking rich. Woo! Yeah, I, I wouldn't. You wouldn't tell anybody? No. Yeah, no. I'd probably be, I would probably opt to keep it more low-key as well. I'm like, well, guess I'm closing down my inbox because it's all GoFundMes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And people come out of the woodwork, though. That's yeah. the truth. People would come out of the woodwork. It'll be and, a lot of, hey, haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah. Oh, I heard, man. Uh-huh. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats. So I've got this new business. Uh, I'm looking for investors if you're interested. Like, all that kind of shit. All and right. it would come at you from all angles. I would, uh, I would want nothing to do with that. So that's the part. I wouldn't mind telling my, my close you know, friends and family but I would worry about anyone on the outside. Like Dave said, I wouldn't make it my Facebook status. That's no, for sure. No, no, it's not out there. If I won like fuck you money, like a whole 65 million or something like that in the Lotto Max, I'd do my own impromptu version of Dragon's Den every fucking day in my living room. Come to me. Bring me your ideas. Let's go. Yeah, like you get a kick out stuff. of it. For me, I'd be like, no, I'm going to the pool. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go, you know, like, <laughs> that sounds like work, Scott. It sounds like you would have $65 million and still be working. I well, don't like that. Well, Scott's very much the kind of person who wants the money to work for him. And, which is great. That's that's a good. Yeah, that is, that sure. is a good thing to to have as as a mentality. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. Scott doesn't doesn't relax well. You don't think so? I don't think you I think relax. I'm better at it now than I used to be. I don't think that's true. I think you've just changed what things you do with other things that you now do. It's true. When yeah. you're not kept busy, you're you're you don't like it. You're not much of a like. You can't sit in the backyard for a long time. You can do it, but you can't be like. Wow, I just spent eight hours outside sitting in the backyard. I feel like you would be, you'd be mad at yourself if you did that. Like I just wasted a few yeah. hours. God, yeah. I could have been doing something productive. You, yeah, exactly. Like you could have been like, well, three hours would have been fine, and then the next five I could have done something else. Like I feel like you'd almost kick yourself for for resting too long. <laughs> I would be the type to put my money to work for me. And what I mean by that is I would hire Dave and put him to work for me. <laughs> I, and that, that might not be a terrible deal. It depends new, on what he has you doing. I'm his new landscaper. <laughs> you know what you should do? Just to be an asshole, hire Dave to just move shit around. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to the pros. 
clothes. Take that sofa. Move that shit over there. No, I bought you a weight belt. It'll be good. It'll be good. Nice back support for you. You'll be all right. <laughs> that would be the biggest jerk right. move ever. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, just back to celebrity crushes for a sec. Anybody crushing on the health minister, Christine Elliott? She doing anything for anybody? No, that's one that I've been able to separate. Really? Okay. I, I you need can my just look at her and not think screaming mom. No, I just think give me information, please. Uh huh. She spoke yesterday and she was asked a fairly pointed question by a reporter from the Toronto Sun. Listen to this. Next question. Next question from Brian Lilly at the Toronto Sun. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning. I'm. I'm starting to feel like you may be shifting the goalposts again. We've already heard from doctors. Dr. Moore is talking about uh, kids in school needing to be masked uh, in the fall. Dr. Davila yesterday was saying that uh, Toronto bylaws uh, restricting business capacity and, and more uh, should be in place until October. Um, the public has done their part, and it seems like you and doc- the public health doctors are moving the goalpost on when we can get back to uh, a better sense of normal. Um, are you moving the goalpost in terms of when we can start that process? No, we're not moving the goalposts. They've always been very clear. It is a, a three-step process, and we are continuing to follow those steps. It is a, a combination of factors, as you know, Brian, and, and the uh, number of people being vaccinated, of course, with first and second doses is very important. But there are many other metrics that uh, we are applying and have always applied to determine whether we can move from one stage to another. And that also includes the number of people in hospital, the number of people in intensive care, the R factor. Uh, All of those factors come into play. And so that is something that we've been clear about since the beginning and that we are continuing to follow. We are not changing the goalposts because you're absolutely right. The people of Ontario have done their job. They've turned out for their vaccinations. Our um, healthcare workforce has done an incredible job uh, having made sure that over 50% of our adult population has received both doses to date. So we want to be able to open up Ontario more as soon as it is safe uh, to do so. We still have to be cognizant of the Delta variant and any other variants of concern that may make their way to Ontario, but we're following that very closely. And uh, we want to make sure that we can move forward as soon as we can, but it has to be as safely and healthily as we can. Follow up. Okay. She said we're not moving the goalpost. Does that make sense to either of you? We're not moving the goalpost. We've always said it was a three-step plan. I mean, yeah, you always said it was a three-step plan, but there were clearly defined benchmarks to go to those three steps in that plan. And I think that's what Brian meant by that. Am well, I missing something here? Part So part of the frustration I have with the question is that it almost insinuates that this is a very black and white situation and it was very start end and there is a definitive start definitive end to all of this and there is step by step by step to get us to the goal line this game has changed over the last 16 months the the variants all of the the different things that have come into play we're still wondering what weather does for it all these things have forced them to change plans and then vaccine rollouts and what's going to be available to us and is it going to be ready on time? And can we get enough information out to people? So I don't know. The question kind of from the start to me is, isn't a fair question simply because it's, it's insinuating that this is a very easy block step. 
it, and it's not. It, so sure, you can say the goalposts have moved, but the the whole field's moved. So it's not just oh, dear. you know we're not just running down one line. I think the whole the, the world's moving. It's not just the goalposts. I don't know. That's why I took it. Have the goalposts moved, Cat, or are we still right where the premier and the health minister said we would be? I tend to agree with Dave that it's a lot more complicated than that. It's not like, guys, this is exactly what's going to happen, and these are the these are the exact cases numbers we're going to have, and we're good to go. Um, obviously, things change. People hate hearing about the variant, but the variant changed things. Mm-hmm. So that's they're kind of working with what they have. Nobody can really predict what's going to happen. So if you go ahead and say, as much as it's frustrating, I want to be able to know what's happening in September. I want to know that uh, my kid's going to go to school. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, the variants are going to be all but gone. But nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody really knows that. So how are you supposed to decide what's best for health and safety of everybody two months out? Like, you, you just can't. You also have to wrangle, like, what, 38 million cats in this country. Yeah. Like, try to get everybody together. And it doesn't, it's not that easy. Yeah. I, um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's a lot of people assume that it's easier said than it is done. Uh, I think they, yeah, they think it's easier done than said. Done than said. I yeah. Say, yeah. Yes. So, I, yeah, I, I think I I agree with the way you're you're elaborating on that, cat because it's it's not... It's not that simple. It's just not that simple. And and no, I don't think everything was done right at all. I think there was a lot of missteps along the way here. But I also don't think that it's just that simple to say, well, that was wrong. This is right. I just don't understand how they could come out initially and say, and once we reach 25% fully vaccinated, then we can go to step three. We're basically at 50%. We might even be at 50% fully vaccinated adults in Ontario by the end of this weekend. And we're still not open. I mean, to me, that's moving the goalpost. If they set a target and we hit the target and then they say, eh, we need you to do a little bit more. Eh, well, we'd actually like to get it a little bit higher. To me, that's moving the goalpost. And I think that's why a lot of people are so frustrated by the government and what they're doing here. Oh, they're also I, frustrated because yeah. where the fuck is Doug? Well, Doug this, again yeah. didn't come out for a news conference yesterday. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's what he's going to get when he goes out for his conferences. Basically, yeah. I, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and and I'm I'm in the same boat where I would love a, an answer that we can all run with. Mm-hmm. But because things have changed and continue to change, I feel like it's an un, unfair request almost to you know. Well, they've got new data to work with, and they've got new variants of concern and things like that. It's not easy for us to hear it because part of the reason why we think it's wrong is because we're fed up. So our emotional response is the first response, which is like, I'm just sick of this. Get it figured out. And, and it's like, sure, that's all well and good, but you don't have to do the work to get it figured out. You know, you're waiting for the result and the result only. So I understand people's frustration, but I think we also have to understand that this is a little more complex than, than just straight line. Okay. It seems like a showdown is coming. And typically, it's Doug that is incapable of managing the relationship with the doctors, except for the ones that he likes. So Doug has been at odds at times with various members of the science table, and then Doug does something, and then the doctors come out on TV and say what Doug did was wrong, and they told him not to do it, and it turns into a great big he said, she said kind of deal. But now it might actually involve the prime minister. Justin came out yesterday and said when it comes to the border, we are seriously looking at quickly easing the restrictions even further so that it wouldn't be just Canadian citizens and permanent residents that would be allowed to come to Canada and not self-isolate if they're fully vaccinated and have a negative test. It could be anybody who's fully vaccinated and produces a negative test. And a lot of people are waiting for that. There's families on either side of the border that can't 
unite. There's parents that haven't seen their kid yet because they were in the States when the border closed. Things like that are going on all over the place. So the prime minister is getting ready to ease that restriction. He did say that people who are not fully vaxxed will not be entering this country for quite a while. But fully vaxxed is different. And then sure enough, the chief medical officer of health for Niagara came out yesterday and said, no, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I think we should leave the border closed and then reassess in the fall. So is Justin going to have a showdown with the doctors? I'm really curious to see how this works. In a way, that's almost a gift to Doug, isn't it? Sounds like Justin wants to put somebody in a barrel and toss him over the falls. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who's this fucking guy? Throw him over the falls. Get rid of him. I says, pardon? (laughs) Like, what was that? (laughs) You know, it's one thing to go toe-to-toe with the premier on public health restrictions. It's a totally other thing to go toe-to-toe with the prime minister. It's the longest undefended border in the world. This guy's in charge of three of them. He's got the Rainbow, the Queenston-Lewiston, and the Fort Erie Bridge that he's in charge of. But that's the most popular one. Could he actually overrule the prime minister and say, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Justin, and I, I acknowledge what you're saying too, Joe Biden, but I'm the top doctor in Niagara, and I don't think it's safe, so fuck you. Yeah, are you going for a second opinion? Like, like, what are your options yeah. there? Seriously, right? I don't know what, the, what, what we would do there. This whole mix between doctors and politicians... It's weird, right? Yeah, because politicians aren't doctors and doctors aren't politicians, but we're mixing and meshing them more than we ever have. And it's really interesting to sit, sit, at least from my point of view, to sit back and watch this go down. Well, politicians, they try to talk to people, right? And doctors try to talk to fact. So when you're you're a prime minister and you're trying to say something or even premier, whatever whatever level of government you're in, you're looked at as a leader to say something to calm people's nerves when they are as frazzled as they are. And this is one of the topics where border... Traffic is is a big deal for people. So he's Trudeau is in the position where he he wants to speak to people, um, but then you have a doctor going, "Mm, no, hang on, let's talk numbers first. Let's talk facts first. (laughs) And we we don't Mm -hmm. always stop at the numbers. We end up going to the well. What are you doing for me as a person? (laughs) I uh, I don't know if I'd want to be that doctor who. Who can actually look and say, all right, so the prime minister wants this, the president wants this, but technically it's my decision. And I'm going to say no to Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau combined. That's a weird predicament to be in, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, uh, they also have the, the they have the experience in that area more than anyone else. Like, do you think uh, Premier Ford or the health doctor or the the health, the lead of the health unit in, in Niagara knows the day-to-day better yeah i'm gonna guess it's not ford you know so i don't yeah um (laughs) he's down he's down there now he's like can i just leave (laughs) he's at the border just asking them to can you just let me go just lift the lift the the thing can i just walk under even when it comes to doctors i'll I'll give you an analogy because i spoke to uh a doctor who treats professional athletes and he was a really neat guy to talk to. He treats NHL players and CFL players and National Lacrosse League players. And and I was asking him about what he does. Because to me, a doctor's a doctor. If I have a an injury or an illness, I can go and see a doctor because I trust their judgment. But even he said, certain doctors are good at certain things. For example, if you need arthroscopic knee surgery and or you need an ACL replaced, you want a guy like me. If you're having a heart attack, you want a guy at the ER, 
Now, you probably don't want that guy in the emergency room operating on your knee, and you probably don't want me trying to resuscitate you if you had a heart attack. Because even within the medical profession, there's doctors that are good at certain things and not really much better than the average person at other things that we just take for granted that doctors know. By the way, I have uh, the cases for today. Yesterday, it was announced that Waterloo Region is finally going to join the rest of Ontario in step two. I think this is a bit of a risk for that chief medical officer of health, Dr. Wong in Waterloo, because she kept those businesses closed so that they could vaccinate more people. And now it's basically the middle of the month. They're going to reopen on Monday, which would put it at uh, 10th, 11th, the 12th. Waterloo is number one in Ontario again with new cases. In fact, Toronto had 22 new cases yesterday. Waterloo had 50, more than double the amount of cases in Toronto. Man, nobody's praying for an easier recovery than that doctor, right? Because that could go sideways on her too, right? Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, we better have an incredible vaccination weekend at Binghamins. You know, like they're, they want to set some, some records themselves with uh, – with getting the shots out to people just so people know because i mean um i mean dave and i we live in waterloo region the desire is here to get them oh yeah it's been a bit of a gong show the region's portal has been a bit of a nightmare for a lot of people these new appointments that come up they are booked solid within hours they're finding and the way that it works is when you cancel an appointment for example i did that because i already got my second shot so i had to cancel another appointment apparently it doesn't show up in the system for a couple days because they do a big data dump all at once. Long story short, some of those appointments go unused, but there are people that are willing to get it and want to get it. So it's not that the desire is not here in this region. People are waiting and wanting it Mm -hmm. and hoping for earlier appointments. So that's that's where we stand here. It's not that we have a bunch of uh, anti-vaxxers necessarily. There are, of course, people hesitant that aren't going to get it, and that's their own choice. But that's not where the issue lies. And some of these outbreaks are with you know, in specific groups of, of people that are not getting the vaccine. And so it's not really about, oh, you guys suck. You're not interested in getting it or it's not like that at all. The desire, like I said, is here. And like Dave said, as long as we get those in arms as quick as possible, we're not going to be in the predicament we're in now. It, it should go well because of those extra vaccines. Oh, I had to leave the region to get my first one. Yeah. yeah. Because I couldn't get an appointment yeah, anywhere. It, it's it's a, that part. It's that's the frustrating part for me. And they just sent me. It's, I don't know if you got this too, Dave. They, the region just sent me a, oh, uh, do this survey now that you're done uh, with the region of Waterloo. Tell us about your experience. Like, okay, you really want to know? Mm. I'll tell you. <laughs> How much time do you got? The well, people in the actual clinics yeah. are fabulous. Yeah. Five stars. Like, they get you in and out in no time. Made me feel good. Um, double check that you're okay. They let you wait the amount of time you're supposed to wait. And then they get you at the door. They did a terrific job. And I went to two different clinics in the region. So that part, Fabulous. They're frustrated themselves with how this is working out, too, because they have people missing spots because they were bumped up in other places and the cancellation wasn't there. So in time for them to fill that spot. My uh, experience with the second one was at uh, an old Rona that has been converted into a vaccination site. It's the best. I got my Rona shot at Rona. Um, And I got to say, completely blown away by how well organized it was from organizing people outside into time groups and then saying, okay, you take four steps forward to this line when we call you. Everyone did, and then everyone got into the main lineup. Once you're in and getting checked in, and and I went to two different stations to verify the information, everyone was smiling. Everyone was cool about it. Like They they made it easier Mm -hmm. on people who were stressed out about this whole process. It's a well-oiled machine. It is. It really is. So when you get the the shot and you go into the rest area – 
they had ev- like everything was lined out. Like you knew exactly where to go. People guiding you along the way. And like, man, this is really, really well done. And uh, you're right. It's it's not uh, it's not to 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 say anything about the people working on site because they are killing it right now yeah. and doing everything that they can and answering a billion questions a day too from oh, people who have every other question under the sun and they're probably answering the same question 50 times but they're doing a tremendous job of it so um yeah it's unfortunate that people are having problems trying to book these because once you get the process going it's actually really really well done yeah yeah they line you up outside and do things like to take four steps forward yeah really yeah like so at the the rona location they had uh they had them in time like timestamps. so you're at 11 you're at 1105 all the 11s put your hand up okay you're gonna go back to this step and then all the 1055s you guys are up here when i say they go through the whole protocol does anybody have this does anybody have that thumbs up thumbs down and and then they then they move you into the main lineup and the main line moves really quick and it's all spaced out properly um so nobody's really close to each other at all um masks on they give you a proper medical mask to put on top or to just remove the one that you have if you have a cloth one get you in the building and yeah it, it is i'm telling you it is it's really well done it's good. Yep. you know what that reminds me of at this time I can just picture everybody take two steps oh. forward. Now slide to the left. You think slide to the right? It didn't break out to the cha-cha slide, but hey, I mean, it could have. It might have been. I might have been part of a flash mob and not known it. <laughs> Those weren't vaccines. You were in a YouTube video. Yeah. You've gone viral, son. Now I feel funky. <laughs> Only for 24 hours, and then you're back to normal. Yeah, by the way, my second dose, I was just tired the next day. I didn't have any of the symptoms or anything like that, so I was uh, quite happy because the first one kicked my butt. Uh, Guys, you have a fabulous weekend, and we are off on Monday, everybody. We're going to do that a decent amount throughout the summer. It was approved by Dave, so we're cool. Uh, (laughs) In advance. (laughs) But before we go, we did announce something this morning on our FM radio show, and I think Dave has a unique perspective on it. Uh, the radio station that we work for, 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener, has got its own beer. And it starts next Friday at Waterloo Brewing. You've tried it, Dave? Yeah, so I I got to try in the process of making it. So I don't even know what the final product mm. officially tastes like. But we got you know we got a sense of it with uh, when they were preparing the actual brew. And it's a really cool process. If you've never watched a, a, a brew get made... Uh, it's wild to see how just how proficient they are, measurements of every little last detail um, to make it the way it is. And one thing that goes wrong and all of a sudden the beer is not what you thought it was going to be. Uh, it is a science. You need to you need to do well in chemistry if you want to learn how to be a brewer. Like it's it's pretty amazing. But I'm really looking forward to it because it's uh, a passion fruit brew and it is light and it's it it's going to be really good for summer. I think it's going to be awesome. Refreshing is the way it seems like it would taste. I mean, if it's a passion fruit based beer, it would have a bit of a citrusy flavor to it. No? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not overpowering to the point where you're just like, it doesn't taste like beer anymore. You know, you can have those ones that are just too strong of the flavor. This is a beer. And are we going to go get one together here? Are yeah. Are we doing this, guys? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. In. Yeah. It's going to be available in the tap house. And then you can also buy the growlers to fill up and bring home for yourself as well. All right, starting next Friday at Waterloo Brewing. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will catch you right back here on Tuesday. The Tampa Bay Lightning won their second Stanley Cup in a row. And to celebrate, Coors Light scraped the ice off the rink and made it into a commemorative beer that you can actually drink. Yeah, and if you're extra lucky, you might even find a tooth. (laughs) 
North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has reportedly lost 44 pounds. Yeah, he did it by using P90 execution. <laughs> the After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.